Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Believe in Clemson football with LeVon Kirkland. Welcome to Believe in Clemson Football with LeVon Kirkland. I'm Will Vanderford, a post-Thanksgiving edition. Me and LeVon both are a little bit fatter today, I would say. LeVon, I don't know about you, man, but, um, man, I ate a ton of food. I cooked a turkey here. I'm going to tell you, man, I'm not bragging or anything. But, but I'm going to brag. I, but I'm going to brag. Yeah. I made the best doggone turkey I've ever tasted in my life yesterday. Really? Yes. What kind, what kind of turkey was it? You fried the turkey or what no, did you do? I, I baked it. Now, I've had fried turkey before. I've done that before. I love it. But this is the first time I baked a turkey in probably six years or so. And, man, I, I put this um, this one little thing on there. It's supposed to be it's spices for, uh, for wild game, which, by the way, turkey is wild game. Mm-hmm. And um, so um, – I put it on there, and then I, I, I saw something online that says you should preheat your oven to 450. Then when you put the turkey in, drop it to 350, which they recommend you do it at 325. Most people do, but this would say cook it at 350. After you start it at 450, then drop it down to 350 immediately um, after you preheat. And it says it makes your turkey juicier. And, dude, it didn't lie. I mean, wow. it was the juiciest turkey I've ever had. I had a couple of my buddies over here, and they told mm-hmm. me it's the best turkey they've had. And, I mean, it was good, man. So, mine was good. We, we filled up on food and pies and side dishes and you name it, man, all the good old fixings that you have had all that stuff, too. How about yours, man? How was everything back uh, back up there in Kentucky? Uh, it was good. It was kind of just me and Kennedy. We just kind of did our own little thing for Thanksgiving. So, it went really well. And, you know, other than that, we just – I watched really no football until a little later when they had a replay of the Dallas and Raider game. But we watched – we watched bad movies. We watched uh, – you know, she is an artist. I'm in her little studio now. She wants to watch. But I did see the Raider and Cowboy. It was, uh, man, I bet the Cowboy fans are not bragging now. A couple of weeks ago, you could only hear their mouth talking about the past three games in a row that they lost. So, Yeah, that's uh, they uh, they um, they really kind of messed up on that game last night. They had, they had chances in that game. Hunter Renfro um, really had a uh, – 
a huge game, like seven catches, 100, a career high, 125 yards or something like that. Uh, it was a good game um, for them. So, um, you know, it's good to see. Uh, look, I, I love seeing Dallas lose, but in a way, man, we needed our Steelers to win. <laughs> we needed the Raiders to lose to help our Steelers, what I'm saying. Oh, um, sure. Yeah. But uh, but that's the way it is. I didn't uh, look at it that way. Yeah, but it was a – but it's still good to see Dallas lose. I mean, it's not like I cried. Uh, you know, I mean, it, it, it doesn't hurt, it doesn't hurt my heart any to see the Cowboys lose. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, but Hey, you know, it is what it is. The Raiders, they pulled it off. Good win. And I was happy for Hunter though, to see him. And actually there's John Simpson recovered a fumble, um, to help Mm -hmm. the Raiders out. Cleveland Farrell made a good play on special teams, um, in that game. So you saw a couple of Clemson guys stand out. I think uh, Dallas had, uh, J. Ron Kirsch making some plays over on the other yeah. side for Dallas, and Carlos Watkins was starting for the Cowboys over there. So it was a um, it was a good representation of former Clemson players on that team. Yeah, but the there was a lot. Of, but the Cowboys committed a lot of penalties. I mean, that is kind of ridiculous. A lot of oh. penalties that they 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 round up. I mean, that's she can't do that as a professional football team. Like almost twenty some penalties. Yeah, that's that, that's bad. That's bad football. That is horrible football. So, yeah. So, yeah. But anyway, good to, yeah. So, football. Yeah. I watched a lot of football yesterday. I watched the, uh, the entire Egg Bowl. Um, and that was uh, Mississippi. Old Miss's defense played well yesterday. And Mississippi State just wasted a lot of golden opportunities. I don't know how much of that you got to see on that one. Um, so, I watched the Cowboys game and then I watched that game. So, those are the two games I watched. I didn't. Obviously, I don't think anybody watched Detroit Chicago. Let's just be honest. Ooh, uh, that, was a, that, that was a that was a hard one. Yeah, uh, that was horrible. And then and then of yeah. course the uh, the new the Buffalo New Orleans game. They thought it would be a better game, but Buffalo just blew them out. That game wasn't even close. Um, so a big win there for the Bills. Uh, so um, yeah, so now we get ready, man, and we're going to get into it here in a second. Now it's it's rivalry weekend. I know there's some games going on today and. As we record this, this is Friday, so NC State and North Carolina are going to play here in a little bit. Um, got a couple other games that have already gone on throughout the day uh, for football, so uh, we're going to get into a little bit of all that, but mostly this game, it's um, it's Clemson, South Carolina. That's what we're going to talk about here today as we get you set for Clemson's encounter with the Gamecocks. 7.30 kickoff on the SEC Network, And um, but before we do all, all that, LaVon, I wanted to kind of get into a little bit of basketball too um, before, before we get into everything else. Uh, Clemson basketball uh, got a big win. Me and you were talking about that earlier. I was, I covered that game um, and the Tigers uh, went and got a big win against Charleston Southern 70 to 59 was the final score. Um, Clemson was led by Nick honor who had a game high 17 points and also a game high seven assists with no turnovers. Alamir Dawes, added 16 points and seven rebounds. P.J. Hall and Nas Bohannon um, both totaled 10 points. Bohannon also chipped in with seven boards. Clemson scored 20 points in the first 14-40 of the game and then scored 71 points in the final 25-20 uh, to improve to 5-2 and two on the season. Um, they, uh, they also out-dominated in the paint, outscoring Charleston Southern 42-16. to 16. Um, The Tigers will return to the court on Tuesday – uh, this coming Tuesday when it travels to New Jersey for the ACC Big Ten Challenge against Rutgers. Tip-off is at 9 p.m. Uh, tip-off is at 9 p.m. on ESPN2. Uh, LeVon, this day, uh, that was a good win for Brad Brownell and his guys, you know, to just kind of 
bounce back after two very difficult losses in the Charleston Classic to St. Bonaventure and to uh, West Virginia, where they had big leads in the second half but let it slip away. Now they're able to uh, get a win and, and um, you know, get back on the winning side of things before they head up there to Rutgers for a game that rematch of the last year's NCAA tournament. Yeah, it is always a lot of times you you really learn from losing. Uh, well, you should learn from losing, and it seemed like that's what the Tigers did in basketball. Um, I you know I'm always excited to see how they play throughout the year. I'm actually I actually do follow the Tigers basketball team like I follow all Clemson sports. So yeah, it, it was it was big that they got that win, and they can go now to New Jersey with um, some type of momentum going in. So, uh, so this would be uh, another test for them, and I, I think they got a pretty decent team coming up this year. We'll see, but uh, yeah, it's gonna, you know, I'll be watching. Trust me, I, I, every time I can catch them on TV, I always watch. Yeah, the two transfers I really like in um, in uh, Collins and Bohannon. Uh, they Nods just brings a lot of energy, um, and when he gets in the game and is really he's just a spark plug, if you will. And then you got um, and Brad Brownell talked about today how he's sort of a guy that gives them that extra, like they have um, Hunter Tyson, who's a real good he's senior and gives it a lot of energy. He's an energy guy and kind of talks it up in the locker room. Now you got another guy who kind of brings that also, and they kind of feed off each other. So that's good to always have in the locker room, especially on a basketball team when you don't have very many people. So you need to right. have at least one or two guys that can be vocal yeah. and help out. And so uh, he's kind of done there. And then Collins, man, he's just a pure basketball player. I like the way he can get to the basket. Today was good because he uh, was able to get to the foul line and make make his free throws. That's key for Clemson. He's got to make free throws. Um, Because he can get to the foul line, it seems like, all the time. And that's going to be big for them. And I think he compliments Alamir Dawes. And it also Mm -hmm. compliments uh, what Nick Honor's doing, who's off to a great start to his his season here. So, uh, I like the mixture of this team. P.J. Hall, man, he might – it's all said and done. He might be the best big man Clemson's ever had. I mean, he's just a pure shooter, but he also can go inside. He's got a great junior sky hook that I love. Um, Got a great fadeaway. He's strong to the basket, made a play today where he really got up there at the rim and uh, attacked it and uh, dunked over a guy. So he's got a lot of other things in there. You know, he's like a a Amir Sims already, except I think he has a chance to be better than Amir by the time he's a senior. Um, And that's saying a lot because Amir's a pretty doggone good player. So – I think they got the balance, and Brad even mentioned it in the postgame press conference. I think they have the pieces in place to have a really good basketball team this year. So we'll see if they can keep it going. Yeah, I, I mean, if he's better than um, Amir, that's going to be a big-time plus because that guy was versatile. He could do almost everything on the basketball court. So if Hall can be – I mean, he can be that type of player. I mean, that's a plus for the Clemson Tigers basketball team. Absolutely. So we'll see how the Tigers do. Again, they go Tuesday at Rutgers. So that's your uh, Clemson basketball report there. And of course, we love Coach Brownell. After the game, he gave me a little smack talk, you know, as he uh, yeah. gets Did ready. Did he give you a package that he, he owes me? That's <laughs> Coach, if you're listening, <laughs> you're yeah, I know how to, I'm just going to have to go up there and just start tackling folks. <laughs> and he's going to be my main guy tackling. He's gonna be your mate because you play because he's a Cincinnati fan more than anything, right? More, more so, yeah. You know, <laughs> I, you know, you know, we played the Cincinnati Bengals one time, and this is probably the only 
personal foul I ever got was uh, they were up and they scored again. And we played them at their place. And I just pushed Blake. Um, <laughs> what's his name? Jeff Blake. Yeah. So far after the play, man, it was <laughs> – I look back on it, it was ridiculous, but we actually came back from 18 points and we actually beat them. So I thought I was doing it. I knew what I was doing because I wanted them, I, I wanted to get them a little heated. So I, I just pushed him like he, I mean, he's in the end zone by five steps. And I just give him a little shove, shove. And people went crazy, man. It was like, and I was acting like I was trying to get into a fight, but you know. <laughs> well, it worked because y'all came back and went. So hopefully somebody yeah, we will. will yes. Hopefully somebody will do that this week so they can get a win this Sunday at Cincinnati. Yeah, they you know, sometimes you have to, you know, sometimes you have to start a little rocket. You have to you have to mix it up a little bit to kind of get you back on track. So that's what I did. It, it worked out. And that's all that matters, man. Uh, yeah, but yeah, Brad was talking a little junk to me before the press after the press conference. What? A Cincinnati know. Bengal fan talking trash. Yes, he was talking he's talking Seriously. trash. Of course. Let's be honest. You know me. I brought it on too. I cause you know I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but that's okay. He wants to talk a little trash with me. You know I'll come back. So, yeah. uh, so we had I'll a little tell fun him next that. time. He owe me some gear. I'll, I'll say. I'll say. Levon says he's still waiting on some gear. Just uh, wait because uh, see what he says because uh, he's got your info. I sent it all to him. Um, okay. But uh, you know, but we'll we'll get to talking here. And you know, Levon Clemson is still an eleven and a half point favorite for this game today. Uh, excuse me. Well, I guess today, because most people will be listening to this today, so it's fine to say it. The game against South Carolina and Columbia, uh, Tigers are 11.5-point favorite. Of course, if you want to go somewhere to watch it or go bet on it, you can go to betonline.ag. That's what we want you to do, because they're our sponsor. We'd love for you to go ahead and do that. Um, we know it's been Thanksgiving, and you guys are full, and you've been watching a lot of football, um, but there's nothing better than football and turkey than betting and bet online has you covered all this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online, bet online remains your number one spot for all sports action this Thanksgiving. So head over to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with the promo code Believe. That's B L E A V to receive your bonus. Again, that's Believe, B L E A V. And it's just not football that's over there. Bet online has pro and college hoops going on they have nhl they have boxing they have ufc they even have your favorite favorite excuse me vegas casino game so don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season um bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and if you want to go and bet on the tigers as 11 and a half point favorite go and do that go to betonline.ag today they will appreciate it i know we will as well and we appreciate you guys listening to us here as we get you set for Clemson, South Carolina. LeVon, man, my favorite time of the year, dude. I, I, it's it's my saddest time of the year, but it's also my favorite time of the year um, in college football because it's rivalry weekend. And more than anything, though, it's because it's Clemson-Carolina rivalry weekend. And if you grow up in a state like we both have, you you live for this game every year. It's the Super Bowl for our state, man. It really is. Oh, no doubt about it. I mean, this is – it's so involved because uh, everybody from who you go to church with, uh, who you go to work with, you know, they're mm-hmm. on one side or the other side. And the game is talked about all week. And uh, whether it's talking trash or you're trying to talk a little strategy, it is huge in South Carolina. And, you know, last year we didn't have it because of COVID. And it was kind of a downer of a year. 
But this year is back. I'm sure that the enthusiasm, the passion for the game has grown. It is going to be a fantastic night at williams Bryce Stadium. I can't wait. And just like you, man, I, lo- I really enjoy this time of the year. This, this game really means a lot. And, you know, of course, me and you will like to talk a lot of trash. And we kind of like to laugh at the uh, at South Carolina a little bit. So it's always a fun weekend for a fun week for me. So it, it's going to be uh, it's going to be fun. It really is. Yeah, I, I love talking trash uh, more than anything. And I remember when I went back and I said I, I pulled up Clemson's record since 1977 against Carolina in Columbia. Mm-hmm. Well, I took it a step further, you know, and I talked about the story the other day about what Benny Cunningham, what Fred Red Parker told Benny Cunningham and the rest of the Clemson team after that loss where Jeff Grants threw a, a touchdown pass with like 19 seconds to go in the game or whatever it was, and uh, they added that 56 points on. They beat Clemson 56 to 20. And Parker went in there and told the, told the team, no Clemson team will ever be embarrassed like this again by that team um, right. from here on out. And, man, so I went back and looked, LeVon, and you will be amazed – at what Clemson's record is against South Carolina since 1976. Talk, talk to me. Talk to me. Oh, my gosh. Dude, Clemson's record since 1976 against the Gamecocks is 30-13-1. Wow. So, in, in, in all definition, it may not be that much of a rival. More so of domination, perhaps? That, that is. That's amazing. So, Clemson is 71 42 and four all time in this series against South Carolina, right? So, mm-hmm. two periods though that Clemson has just owned the Gamecocks was first Big Thursday. Clemson had a 33 21 and three advantage in, during Big Thursday in those 57 meetings. And then this current stretch now from 1976 to now, where they have a 30 13 and one edge. So, of Clemson's 71 wins, 63 have come during those two periods. Jeez. That is, as you mentioned, that's domination. You know, yeah, so. I mean, that's a record of 63, 34, and four. 63, 33, and four when you put those two periods together. So, really, the only real success South Carolina's had against Clemson was from the time Big Thursday ended in 1960 to about 1975, and that's it. Yeah, that's um, that's really lopsided. <laughs> if you look at it from that perspective, it's lopsided. And I can see why now that the University of South Carolina Gamecocks, I think they hate us a little bit more than we hate them. We don't really hate them as much, but they really loathe uh, the Tigers and the Tiger faithful and fan base, alumni, whatever you want to call it. They don't really like us very much. No, and it's like it's things that I pull up like this <laughs> that that I think irks them even more because what can they say about it? Not only has Clemson won the last six and they're looking to make tie history here and go for a seventh straight win in the series, but they not only have done that, but they've like they've like dominated it, like I've said during these other parts, these other stretches. I mean, like we said the other day, 16 and six since 1977 at Williams Price Stadium. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like you said that literally. I, mean, I know you joke when you say we come to collect rent, but it's like really they are. Clemson is really coming to collect rent. Yeah, you, you know that 
as long as they keep the house up and you know they don't destroy the property, they can stay there as long as they want to. But you know what time it is when it's was after Thanksgiving, that's Saturday after Thanksgiving. That rent that rent needs to be paid. And needs to be paid on time. If not paid on time, then there's gonna be some consequences. And we're not talking about the consequences of a professional done rental company or association. We're talking about gangster breaking knees kind of um, association. So <laughs> if you don't want to pay rent, we got ways for you to pay it. Oh, man. And the, and the Tigers are coming to collect. Uh, Clemson, like I said, 11 and a half point favorite. And we're going right. to get in. We're going to get into some of that here in a minute about the game itself and all that. Um, as we this is an abbreviated version, by the way, of the podcast uh, um, because of Thanksgiving, because of the holiday, you know, me and Levon don't want to sit here and, and talk nothing but football the rest of the afternoon because we could, but our families would not appreciate that if we do. No. So, so we're going to uh, we're going to just talk about the game here in just a minute and uh, break it down a little bit before we get out of here. But before we do any more of that, Levon, here's some memorable plays in the series. This is one thing I love about Clemson's game notes is they do a great job of breaking down some things that have happened in the series. Significant mm-hmm. like memorable plays, significant series wins for Clemson. So here's some that that kind of um, stand out to me. You'll know some of these, Levon, obviously because you're okay. a former player, um, but and you know the history of, of this rivalry. But there'll be some people out there that don't know some of these things. I always like it that they put them in there. So we'll start in 1948. That of course was Clemson's um, 11 and 0 undefeated season. And the Tigers were able to keep that season going on Big Thursday. They were able to stay undefeated because Phil Prince, he blocked a punt, and Oscar Thompson returned the ball for a touchdown with 4.15 remaining in the game to give Clemson a 13-7 win over the Gamecocks. Um, And that allowed Clemson to continue its undefeated season. Um, Fast forward to the next undefeated season Clemson had was in 1981. Chuck McSwain, with the Tigers trailing 7 to nothing. Um, excuse me, Rob McSwain blocked the punt um, also, and it got returned for a touchdown that allowed that spark Clemson's comeback in that game to remain undefeated and go on to win a national championship. Uh, so that's crazy that, uh, you know, you saw uh, the two undefeated seasons there. Uh, you saw a big play against the Gamecocks being a blocked punt uh, to get it done, both in Columbia, obviously. Um, in 1959, Harvey White connected – with future Super Bowl champion Bill Mathis for a 26-yard touchdown pass in the third quarter to put Clemson up 19 to nothing in the final Big Thursday game in Columbia. Um, White completed nine of ten passes that day and led the Tigers to a 27 to nothing victory. Um, Don Chuney and Billy Weaver combined for to sack Dan Reeves for a 13-yard loss. Yeah, that's the Dan Reeves who played for Dan the Dallas Reeves. Cowboys and coached yes. the Denver Broncos. Um, that's the same guy. He played for the Gamecocks. Uh, Anyway, they sacked him for a 13-yard loss on fourth down with just 33 seconds left, preserving Clemson's 20-17 to victory over South Carolina. Um, South Carolina had driven from its own 25-yard line to the Clemson 25 on, the la- on that last play of the game. Uh, in 1966, Harry Olawaski, an All-American offensive guard for Clemson, picked off a fumble snap in midair and ran it 12 yards for a touchdown. That helped the Tigers win 35-10 to and clinch – um, the ACC title that afternoon. In 1967, Buddy Gore's 43-yard run in the third period led to a Tiger touchdown. It was a momentum swing swing play in Clemson's victory over the Gamecocks, a win that allowed Clemson to clinch a share of the ACC title that season. That was the key run on this day that saw Gore become the first Clemson back in the history 
of not only Clemson, but also in the ACC to rush for over a thousand yards in a single season. Um, in 1971, Eddie Singler, Sigler, excuse me, kicked a 52 yard field goal to uh, give Clemson a 17 to seven win over the Gamecocks. It was the first field goal of 50 yards in Clemson history. In 1972, with Clemson leading seven to six in the fourth period, Jimmy Williamson batted down a Bobby, excuse me, a Davi Grossman two-point conversion pass to preserve the Tigers' victory. In 1977, of course, this is the one me and you definitely remember, LeVon, Jerry Butler made a 20-yard touchdown catch, a leaping, twisting catch. An amazing catch. Unbelievable. Yes. LeVon, I'm sure you've seen it on my Facebook because I used it for my uh, profile picture. Yes, I did. I and did, I did. you see the hops on that, yeah, how man. high up in the air he was in that game. It's unbelievable. Not only, this, not only that, the body control. Yes. The, the body the body control was uh, something of art. I mean, it was an artist. I mean, the way he caught that ball. And probably back then, you, you, you really rarely saw catches like that. For him to almost be parallel to, parallel to the ground to make that catch, I mean, and outstretched arms. I mean, it's a beautiful shot. It's a beautiful catch. And it did preserve the win for the Tigers. It did. It was a 20-yard touchdown. It came with 49 seconds left. And Steve Fuller admitted years later that he was trying to throw the ball out of bounds. <laughs> he, he said, I'm glad Jerry went up and got it. <laughs> so, Man, can you imagine you're trying to throw the ball out of bounds and then you get the results that you got with Jerry Butler jumping up like that to catch that ball? He was up there, man. That was some hops. That was some serious hops. That vertical's way got to be way over forty. It's got to be. I mean, it this is probably yeah, no question. When you look at that picture and you see, because you can see the Clemson player trailing him and the Gamecock player trailing him, and you can see the goal line and he high up in the air he is from the goal line, and then, like I said, just the way I described it, it was a leaping, twisting catch because yeah. he he went up like you said. He's the ball's being thrown over his left shoulder, excuse me, yeah, over his right shoulder, excuse me, as he's running, and he comes up and just totally goes the other direction and lands the other direction. I mean, it's a, it's an unbelievable – if you get a chance to watch it, go watch it again. You, you have to watch it. It's one of my favorite plays of all time as far as Clemson University yes. is concerned. And it must have broke the hearts of all the Gamecock fans there because that seemed like it was the Gamecocks are going to win that game. Yeah, people forget Clemson was up 24 to nothing in that game. Right. And, and the, Gamecocks, came back, the Gamecocks came, came all the way back and scored with like a minute 30 to go to take the lead, 27-24. They were on the sideline lifting up their shirt saying no cigar this week because Clemson had the whole cigar thing going on uh, that season. And, you know, they were up there, you know, um, pumping their chests and stuff. Felt like they had the game won, and maybe they should have had the game won. But – Jerry's it's never over. It's, it's never over. And I mean, that's a lesson. It's never over until it's absolutely over. And yeah, they were celebrating beforehand like they won the game. And I can understand that. That's kind of human nature. Mm -hmm. But Clemson showed a lot of grit. And you know, that's why you you always want players, man. Players make it happen, you know, no matter what. And Steve Fuller and Jerry Butler made it happen, man. It was a glorious victory for Clemson. And a real sad defeat for the South Carolina Gamecocks. It was, man. It was awesome. Uh, and it also clinched Clemson's <laughs> first bid to a bowl game in 18 years at that time. Um, yeah. as they went to the Gator Bowl that year. It clinched a Gator Bowl berth. Um, in 1980, Clemson spoiled uh, sort of South Carolina season a little bit. The Gamecocks went on to play in the Gator Bowl 
and George Rogers went on to win the Heisman Trophy. But Willie Underwood recorded a 37-yard interception return for a touchdown that clinched Clemson's upset of the Gamecocks. He also had a, another interception in that game, and he finished the day with 21 tackles and was named Sports Illustrated Player of the Week for his performance in that game. Willie Underwood, man, that we'll never forget that one either. That was the first day of the Orange Britches. Uh, they came first time they were ever worn, and Willie Underwood just stole the show in that one. Uh, yeah, he really did. Now, I, I knew that he had the two interceptions, especially the pick six, but I did not know that he had 21 tackles. <laughs> yeah, it's a 21 tackles. That, that is a bunch of tackles, man. That's a whole lot of tackles for a cornerback. Yes, it is. Uh, well, George Rogers. South Carolina mainly ran the ball back then anyway. So Yeah, all they did was run it to George Rogers. They gave it to him right. right. I think he had like 38 carries that day, George Rogers did. And I'm sure uh, it yeah. sounds like Willie Underwood tackled him most of the time. <laughs> he must. I, I mean, anytime they ran something outside, it probably, I mean, it was probably uh, Underwood's responsibility to make those tackles. So, yep. yeah, that was a lot of tackling for a quarterback. I don't know if I really approve of that, but <laughs> it is what it is. It is what it is. Clemson got a big 27-6 victory. I mentioned 1981, the third, um, the uh, the Rod McSwain blocked the South Carolina punt, and Johnny Rembert recovered it in the end zone for the touchdown. I remember Johnny, Johnny Rembert, man. Yep, Johnny Rembert was a good one. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, we remember this game. We've talked about this a couple times this week. 1988, Rodney Williams, a native of Columbia, led Clemson to a 29-10 victory in the final game at Death Valley, setting the record as Clemson's all-time winning his quarterback at the time with 32 wins. He threw for 192 yards that day, rushed for 38, um, and scored a touchdown um, in that 29-10 victory. Um, LaVon, you remember that one well. Oh, I, I do. It, it was probably some of Rodney's best work. Mm-hmm. And really, the offense was rolling during that stretch before we played South Carolina. And South Carolina had a really good team. They were eight and two at the time. Yep. Uh, it was it, it was a cold, kind of rainy day. And I'm telling you, Rodney Williams passed the ball all over the place that day. I, I couldn't really. I was shocked to see it because we really never passed the ball as much. We kind of changed our game plan a little bit. They were a man to man team. They liked to blitz a, a great deal. And Rodney really showed up that game. He really, he really redeemed himself from the pick six that he threw the year before. It was really good to see him play as well, play as well as he did at home, and to really get one of the final touchdowns to kind of seal the game for us. So it was a big game for him. Uh, I was excited because it was my first time going to be playing against South Carolina. I'm a South Carolina native. It was just a lot of fun, that game. And, and also, I made a big play with a kind of a fumble, sna- a fumble snap that got popped in the air. I, mm-hmm. I caught that mid-air. The only thing I regret was not catching it, you know, while I was standing up because I would have took that baby to the house. <laughs> but, yeah, it was it was a fun game, man, especially for a, a redshirt freshman, man. And, uh, I mean, all the hoopla and the family being it because I was there last year at the 87 game and didn't play and to be able to play in this game and contribute and, and to win that game. I mean, it was, it was like a relief off our backs, man. But I just remember Rodney Williams having a really good game throwing to all, all our receivers, man. It, the offense really played well. Yeah, they did. It was a big win for them. They out the ran Terry Allen ran the ball. Well, too. It was a, they did. Clemson clicked on all cylinders that day, offense and defense. In 1990, you'll remember this one too. Chris Kardaki made his final punt in Death Valley memorable when he had a 78-yard boost yes. 
in the fourth quarter to get to get sacked on a bad field position and clinch Clemson's 24 to 15 victory of the Gamecocks. It remains the third longest punt in Clemson history. At the time, though, it was the it was the longest punt in Clemson history at the time. Um, yeah, he had a great day. But what people don't remember at that game, Levon, and I threw this as a trivia question a long time ago to you. That's the only game, pro or college, where Chris Kordaki had a punt blocked. Yes. And South Carolina yes. turned it for a touchdown. And that was their and, that was their lone touchdown in that game. Yeah, you know, it was, you know, that was the one the, the reason why that year was so memorable too, is because we ended up being the number one defense in the nation that year. Mm-hmm. And also that punt was amazing. We're in all arms, man. And that game was a lot of fun too. Even though it was it seemed the game seemed close as far as the score, but I don't really believe it was really that close. No, it, it wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah. You got you guys. You guys controlled the line of scrimmage. Dominated. They didn't do anything at all. I think that there was a couple turnovers that helped them get field goals, and um, right. and then like I said, the block punt helped them as well. So that's uh, that's what it was. And so yeah, but you guys dominated that game. I remember. That's why it was twenty four to fifteen. It was like when he had that seventy yard punt. You, they everybody knew there's no way South Carolina's gonna score. <laughs> it's like, right, right. You know, so you know that was that that was a time I, I heard people just say that they love seeing the defense play. It was almost like get the offense off the field so the defense can play. Yeah, very reminiscent of this year. Yeah, to, to be honest with you, everybody likes <laughs> to see this defense play. You know, um, but we'll be honest. We'll love to see Clemson put up forty-eight points tomorrow um, against the Gamecocks. That would be nice. <laughs> no question about it. No <laughs> we'll, question about we'll it. We'll take they that and, and the defense do their thing. <laughs> yeah, they can score over thirty, man. That'd be that would be awesome. Um, you'll remember this 1995 Emory Smith carried South Carolina tacklers 20 yards on the way to a 54 yard run that led to yes. the game clinching touchdown in Columbia Smith ended the game with 101 yards rushing. He carried, he carried 20 of those yards. He carried a game cock with him. <laughs> yeah, that was an incredible run. I mean, that was the determined run too. And I mean, they were, I mean, it's like the, the new, I don't know if you, uh, the Henry commercial when he's just, Guys are hanging all on him. And yes. he's just here. He's on the treadmill at the very end. And he's saying this is going to take a minute, minute. And Emory Smith, it was just like that. Like, I'm not going down for at least five minutes. And <laughs> it was a great, great run by Emory. A guy that I actually gotten to know and I played against his brother on numerous occasions, but Henry, I mean, Emory is such a good guy, man. It was really good to see him have a highlight moment such as that. Yeah, absolutely it was. And then in 2000, of course, Rob Gardner's 50-yard reception, known as Catch 2 uh, from Woody <laughs> Dantzler with 10 seconds left, led to Aaron Hunt's game-winning 25-yard field goal with three seconds left. Uh, former Clemson offensive coordinator Jeff Scott served as the holder on that game-winning field goal um, as, that, as the Tigers won that game 16-14 to 14. in 2007. Mark Buckholz kicked a 35-yard field goal on the last play of the game to give Clemson a 23-21 victory. That's the only time Clemson has wore the purple pants against the Gamecocks. Um, in 2016, Mike Williams caught three touchdown passes in the first half, including one in which he carried a South Carolina defensive back the final nine yards into the end zone. Uh, it led to Clemson's 56-7 victory. The Tigers' largest margin of victory – over the Gamecocks since 1900 when they won 51 to nothing. Deshaun Watson finished with his uh, three-game – finished his three-game Palmetto – I hate when they say Palmetto ball. We'll get into that in a minute. Uh, three games against South Carolina with a 
three game total of 61 of 79 passing. That's 77.2% for 895 yards and nine touchdowns with just one interception. He also had 31 carries for 146 yards and five scores in those three games. Watson accounted for 110 plays of total offense for 941 yards and 14 touchdowns in the three games and helping Clemson average 43 points per game. <laughs> Tell I mean, me if Watson what, ain't when special. You, when, you look, when you look back at that game, to be honest with you, I've never seen a team so overmatched in my entire life. Yeah, I agree. Uh, when Mike Williams called that his second touchdown, and number seven is just hanging off like a little kid, like a professional, you know, carrying a little kid in the end zone. And right, right at that moment, you're just being on the field with Clemson at the time versus um, the really good varsity team. And it, it, it was great to see as a Clemson fan. You loved every minute of it. But I knew, I, I'm sure as a South Carolina fan, you've got to have been thinking, we got a long way to go to even compete with a Clemson Tiger team. And it, it, was, a, it was an embarrassing loss for them. I mean, they got punched in the face I mean, early and often. Early and often, yes. And it was it was a great day for Tigers. Not such a good day for the for the Gamecocks. Um, all right. So here's some serious tidbits. Four Clemson quarterbacks have started and defeated South Carolina at least three times. Steve Fuller from 1976 to 78. Homer Jordan from 1980 to 82. Charlie Whitehurst from 2002 to 05. And Deshaun Watson from 2004. 14 to 16, Whitehurst is the only quarterback on either side of the series to start four straight games and win all four. Um, the visiting team won seven years in a row between 1991 and 97. It started with LeVon Kirkland's senior year at Columbia. Um, Clemson has a glorious a day. A glorious day. Yep, that was a, that was a great day uh, down there in Columbia for you guys. Uh, Clemson has a record of 52, 32, and three in Columbia all time in the series, including wins all the way from last home. Three. Yeah, collecting rent, baby. That's what they're doing. Um, Clemson entered the 2015 game ranked number one in the nation. It marked the first time either team was ranked number one entering that contest. Clemson, of course, won the game 37 to 32. It marked the first time. Um, it marked the first of five game span in which Clemson came into the game ranked in the top five every year. Uh, Clemson has a record of 14 and eight uh, against South Carolina when the game is played the Saturday after Thanksgiving or on Thanksgiving Day. The only game played on Thanksgiving, of course, was the 1963 contest that was moved from the Saturday before Thanksgiving to Thanksgiving due to the assassination of President John Kennedy. Um, so that's some uh, notes there on the series, some tidbits, some memorable moments. Uh, I hope it Hope a lot of people uh, remembered some of those games and what it meant. Uh, so, Levon, this series is always like fun, man, for me uh, because I love the history of it. There's a lot of it. Obviously, I love the Clemson side more. Um, but man, there's just been there's a lot of good stuff with this series, man. It's it's it's. I hate it. Then I don't know if you saw this the other day, but they were like ESPN put up there on their Instagram. They like the the best games in college football, and they like you know they put obviously Alabama Auburn. Uh, they put, you know, uh, Ohio State, Michigan, you know, sure. they put Mississippi State and them in, the, in Mississippi, the Egg Bowl. They put Washington and Washington State, Oregon in Oregon State. 
And they didn't put Clemson, South Carolina. They put well, Clemson, so you, they put Georgia, Georgia Tech, and didn't put Clemson, South Carolina. I'm like, so I mean, even the Mississippi State Ole Miss is in front of Clemson, South Carolina. The Oregon versus Oregon State game is in front of Clemson and South Carolina. Well, they don't really uh, excuse me, Washington versus Washington State is in front of Clemson versus South Carolina. Yeah. Then those people who, who made that list don't know what they're talking about. Absolutely. I'm like, they absolutely you, yeah. don't understand the hatred that South Carolina and Clemson have against each other. Some of the good football in the history of South Carolina. I mean, I document a lot of it. I mean, we've had some of the best players that ever played uh, football and to have Mississippi state over old versus Ole Miss that's better than Clemson, South Carolina. I don't quite get that. I don't understand that. I don't either. I was surprised to see it. Um, yeah. You know, it, it, it was it really just took me back. Like, they also had Louisville and Kentucky in there. And, oh, my goodness. Yeah. And, and, they just, and they've they only just played, started playing football. They just started playing football against each other. It's only 32 years old. That was yeah, serious. They, they must have meant basketball. I can understand. What, I mean, Denny Crump and all those guys. <laughs> I remember, I mean, basketball, I can see. But uh, football? Yeah. That's crazy. Wow. Who else they got in front of uh, Clemson then? Well, that those are the ones. Oh, Florida, Florida State, you know. Okay, I can see that more so. I'm, I can see that. I can see that more so than Georgia and Georgia, um, Georgia Tech. Yeah, Georgia, Georgia Tech. If you don't even go to Georgia Tech, nobody even pulls for Georgia Tech. I mean, let's just be honest. Like, you go to right. Georgia, if you go to Atlanta and you go and you grab the front page, sports page of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, the Georgia Bulldogs are going to be front page and Georgia Tech's going to be page B8. Yes. I mean, that's a fact. I've seen it. They don't care about – even their own paper cares more about Georgia than they do Georgia Tech. Even their school paper, which I don't know what a school paper is called at Georgia Tech. I'm sure they do more stuff on Georgia football than they do on Georgia Tech football. <laughs> and that's the old, that's their own school paper. I'm sure they do more engineering stories than they do ever do sports stories as far as Georgia <laughs> Tech is concerned. Uh, that, you know, and we, look, we're not trying to dish on Georgia Tech. We're just saying. But we kind of dish. But, but we, we are, dishing, are on dishing on them. On, yeah. Yes. But, but yes. it's like, you know, Clemson, South Carolina deserves more respect than that. It's a historical rivalry. Dabo said this past week. I mean, until COVID came along, it was the second longest uninterrupted series in college football. I mean, there's a lot of history in this rivalry. Big Thursday, the 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 brawls, the near war back in 1907. I mean, 1902 that broke out uh, because of a picture. I mean, then this that if you understand the history of this rivalry, that they they these two schools were rivals before they even played the first doggone football game because Clemson almost made South Carolina go bankrupt when it yeah, started. Man, this- yeah, the yeah the people at South Carolina and Clemson really actually don't like each other at all. I mean, especially the the everyday fan. They don't. I mean, they they really don't. I mean, you really better be careful if you're in Columbia. You're wearing your orange. You better you better be. You can't go to some places. I'm telling you. Yeah, you need because to be careful. If you do. You, you do. You might get some batteries and some bottles thrown at you. And I'm not talking about the ones that are thrown in the stadium. I'm talking about the ones that are thrown at Best Buy or something. I mean, they look or at people's houses. People's right. you're walking down the street and you get clucked in the head by a battery. Yes, yes. I mean, you, you better be careful, you know. So, yeah, I, yeah. That 
that the rivalry doesn't get the respect that it really deserved. I agree a hundred percent. And, um, but you know, they got a chance this weekend to just continue to do what they do. Um, you know, and, and, and what, and from our standpoint, it's about Clemson in this rivalry. And so with LeVon, we'll kind of get into it now, man. Um, you know, we just trying to kind of break this game down. South Carolina's coming off a win over Auburn. Um, they got a little momentum. They've won two of their last three games. They're bowl eligible now. So South Carolina's not really fighting for a bowl game. Clemson, of course, is where Clemson generally is this point going into the game. They've already kind of sewed up a bowl game. Um, but here's the main thing. And Dabo Sweeney says they're not worried about it. James Skowski says they're not worried about it. The other coaches said they're not worried about it. But Bo Collins said something this week. Somebody asked him, it's like, hey, Wake Forest, if North Carolina State wins on Friday night, are you going to be paying attention to the Wake Forest game? And if Wake Forest wins, how's that going to make you feel going into the South Carolina game? And he said, because he's a freshman, he says, yeah, I'm going to be watching it. I'll be bummed if, if we don't if, – if that happens. But that's not what you want. You don't want him feeling bummed going into the game against South Carolina. You want him not to be even worried about what happens. He can't control what happens at Wake Forest and B.C., that kind of concern you a little bit to hear because he is a freshman and he is going to be playing in this game and they need to have a guy like Bo Collins focused on South Carolina, not worried about what's going on in the ACC. Is it concerning? It, it probably is a little concerning if I'm on the coaching staff, especially the wide receiver coach, Grism, I think you got to have a talk with him. And I think you need to let him know what this game really means. I mean, he's from California, so he really doesn't get it. Thus far, mm -hmm. uh, the South Carolina game is way more important than what Wake Forest and Boston College does. Right. Our North Carolina, you got to go in there and say, we got to beat the game cost. Because trust me, you don't ever want to lose to the game cost because you're going to hear even more so from their side of the fence than you hear if Clemson wins for the seven, you know, seven, seven times in a row. So, yeah, he needs to be a little focused. But, I, you know, I, I think that. Clemson will be focused in this game. I, I think there's some people that really believe that South Carolina will win this one. Uh, I think it will be a closer game. I, I think that South Carolina, they they are running on some momentum. They will have the energy of williams Bryce. Uh, I feel like Clemson, you have to establish yourself very early. Let them know what time it is. But, yeah, I mean, you, you worry about it, but, you know, he is a freshman. So, so you know, uh, you just kind of take it you know, with a grain of salt and, you know, hopefully he can be a little bit more focused because, I mean, I just think the game costs are going to come in there fighting and Clemson got to be willing to fight back. Absolutely. And the thing that that is concerning about it is like on defense, you got all those leaders over there. So you got James Skowski, you got Spectre, you know, you got Xavier Thomas, you got all those guys, Nolan Turner, all those guys that had this experience and so you can lean on that, and you know those guys are going to be focused in what they're doing. On the offensive side, you don't have any of that. I mean, last week Dabo pointed out that the only senior that started on that offense last week was Will Sweeney. Right. He's not a regular starter. And then, right. the, uh, then they started two juniors, and that's it. Everybody else was freshmen and sophomores on that mm -hmm. offense. So they had eight freshmen and sophomores starting in that game against Wake Forest last week. So you don't have that leadership to pull a guy like Bo Collins aside and say, hey, young man, get your head straight. We don't care about Wake Forest. 
We don't care about that game. We got to worry about South Carolina. That's the concerning part for me, Levon, is that they don't have that. Yeah, and I mean, and if you look at the Clemson offense, I mean, of late they've been a little bit more consistent, especially with their run game, but it's still not clicking on all cylinders at this point in time now. I think the defense is playing well. I think there are some guys on the Clemson defense that have grown up to be men, and I'm talking about Murphy, and I'm talking about uh, what's the kid's name? Uh, the linebacker. Skowski? Uh, Trent Simpson. Trent those Simpson, guys, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those guys have grown up to be men. You know what? You know what? T. Davis can do, and, um, and I think their defense is just playing very well at this point in time now. And so I don't worry about the defensive side as much. Uh, I do like Shipley, and I do like uh, is it Pace or Mace? Kobe Pace. Kobe Pace. Yeah, I like those guys. I mean, those guys run the ball. They run the ball um, heavily. If you look at South Carolina. For their standpoint, to me, they're acceptable up the middle. Yes. Uh, you can run the ball. You can run the ball on them pretty much all day long. Yeah, I heard another reporter that covers South Carolina. He called South Carolina's defensive line elite. And I'm trying. And, and I, look, I haven't watched South Carolina all year, so I can't make an honest opinion on what I've seen with my eyes. I did watch the Auburn game last week, and I saw Auburn run the ball up and down the field on them, and could do what they wanted to if Auburn didn't mess around. Um, but I just went and looked up statistics, and I know statistics are for losers sometimes, but I'm just looking at from a matchup standpoint, okay? And I go and pull up the statistics because this guy says their defensive line is elite. He said they're like the third or fourth best offensive line, defensive line in the SEC. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to go see what he's talking about because I really didn't see that with my own eyes watching the Auburn game. So I'm like, well, maybe they just had a bad game, you know, LeVon. Here, here, look at these numbers. South Carolina is allowing 171 yards a game on the ground, which ranks Ooh. 11th. Which ranks 11th in the SEC. That's are, a lot of yards to give up on the run game, bro. Yeah, and then check this out. Let's take it a step further. They're averaging. They're giving up 4.56 yards per game per carry. Excuse me, 5.6 per carry, which ranks 12th in the SEC. All right, they are. They only have. 22 sacks on the season. And those 11 of those sacks came in two games. They had uh, uh, five sacks in their win over East Carolina, and then they had six sacks up there at Tennessee, um, and that's it. And then the other other nine games, they had 11 sacks. So in those nine games, are they getting no pressure at all, it looks like, on the quarterback. And then when you look at tackles for a loss, LeVon, they rank um, – 13th in the SEC with only 53 tackles for a loss. So that means mm-hmm. they're not even getting in the backfield on normal plays that are not passing plays. Where did where does he think this defense is elite on the defensive <laughs> line? What am I missing? It, it, it must be up to his standards what elite means. To him, they are elite because they might have played very well against Florida and Auburn. But if you look at the whole – if you look at the whole – season and if you looked at them throughout the season you can tell that their off their defensive line is really not that good and like you said last week I mean I, I, I mean I don't understand why Auburn just didn't keep running the ball on them I just don't get it but th- to me they're not they're not and the numbers say that they're not especially when you're giving up 171 yards rushing per game that is a that's almost I mean you're only about 29 yards away from having 200 every game 
I every defense I've ever played on, you don't ever want to give up that many yards, especially running the ball. You're right. If that if, if you give up that many yards running the ball, guess what? Your defense is going to be on the field all day long, and it's going to be a long day on that field. And <laughs> the best way to beat somebody up is that you can run the ball and physically punch them in the mouth. And, and- Apparently, they can't handle that type of punishment. Right. And so now he says that's an elite defensive line. Okay. So then I flip it over and I say, okay, well, we know Clemson, even without Brian Brzee, isn't an elite level defensive line. It have been for years. All right. So here goes Clemson's numbers. <laughs> All right. Rushing yards per game allowed. Clemson's given up 103.9 yards per game which ranks second in the ACC. All right, rushing yards per per rushing yards per carry. Clemson leads the ACC 2.86 per carry. South Carolina has given up basically two more yards per carry on the defensive front. Um sacks. Clemson ranks second in the ACC and third in the nation with 40 sacks. 40 Okay, and then tackles for loss, Clemson ranks fourth in the country and tied for second in the ACC with 84 tackles for loss. Now, you tell me, of those defensive fronts, at least on paper, LeVon, who's the elite defensive front? Well, even on paper and really by the eye test, you can tell that Clemson is probably a a little bit better or a lot better up front. I think a lot of times – what the SEC fans really kind of get into their mindset is if you play the SEC, uh, nobody's better. That nobody else, no, you know, none of the big five conferences ever, you know, they don't play defense or anything like that. So I, I think that's the misconception, you know, because they'll throw in, oh, you guys only play like Wake Forest, uh, NC State, teaser are not good that doesn't matter. You stop the team. I mean, like, can you stop teams or not stop teams? Correct. I mean, we, we played against the number one team. I mean, basically, the end of the be the number one team in the nation, we stopped them cold, stone cold in the running game. And, and that's, not- like, one of the best – that's one of the best running teams in the nation, and we basically – we shut them down in the running game. Mm-hmm. And the only way they got a touchdown was for a pick six. Correct. So Clemson still has the guys that can get it done, especially on the defensive side. They, to me, the only thing that's missing from Clemson for being a very good team in the future is the stability at quarterback. If they can get that position um, really squared away and get that offensive line squared away and they don't have the injuries, uh, Clemson is still up there as far as team. Th- think about it. Clemson is eight and three, and people are considering this like one of the worst years they've had in in ten years. And they got a chance to win ten games. If that's not perspective for you, I don't know what. Pers- they got a chance to win ten. They still got a chance to win ten games, even though people would say this is probably the worst they've seen the Tigers play in at least in the last five to six years. And, and they'd probably be right in that. But look where you're still at. Mm-hmm. You won in the last couple. You won. You won your four games. You beat Wake Forest, who's in the top ten in the nation. At one point in time. So I don't know why where people get, you know, well, because you play in a conference that you're no good. But if 
you're no good and you play the SEC, you're a really good team. <laughs> I, I think that I, I'm telling you, I think that's what it is. People in the, in the SEC think that they're good because they play in the SEC. Not, I mean, they 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 ride Alabama, Georgia, they ride their backs, and they they claim that glory for themselves. Mm-hmm. And they they feel like, well, we are part of that success all because it's so tough. No, nah, Vanderbilt still sucks, man. Vanderbilt's bad no matter where you put them. No, no matter where you put them, and they play in the SEC. Yeah, and Florida's bad this year. We all seen that train that dumpster fire. Florida is a bad, and Florida is a bad team as well. Yeah, um, but they play in the SEC. But you think, oh, because they play in the SEC, they're better than any other team that plays in any other conference, which is just bogus. Now, I would, I, I want to give Sacramento credit for this. Their secondary is legit. They, um, they, they got uh, fourteen interceptions this year, which leads the SEC. They. Um, they are – they only have given up 186 yards a game, um, which is third in the SEC. Um, and they're in the top ten in yards, you know, and all that stuff. And that's good. I think – you know, so I'm going to give them credit there. And I think that helps a lot of South Carolina where they're just an average SEC defense. They're sitting sixth in total offense, total defense and scoring defense. And that's okay. They're average on def- when it comes to that. But when you look at the line of scrimmage – that's where I think Clemson, as we look at this game, can have an advantage because Clemson's improving on the ground game. Clemson averaging 4.4 yards per carry. South Carolina's giving up 4.56. Yeah. It kind of plays into Clemson's hands, I think. And I really uh, think well, in this game, if Clemson just takes care of the football like they did against Wake Forest, I think Clemson wins this game because I think Clemson is the better team overall. Now, being the better team – doesn't always mean you're going to win. We know that. Right. But if Clemson takes care of the ball and does what they're supposed to do, I think Clemson can win this game by two touchdowns. I really believe that. Yeah, and, and like I said before, I mean, I, I mean, give credit where credit is due. I think South Carolina has definitely improved. I think Beamer has really uh, brought some life back into the team. They I play think hard. They, they play hard. They seem like they really care and love for each other. He's bringing that type of culture into South Carolina. So that's really good. Uh, as far as talent-wise, I think you have to say that Clemson's probably a little bit more talented uh, than they are. And I think you're absolutely right. Clemson has to go in this game, and they, has to, they have to run the ball very well. And that – when you can run the ball well – and you could take that on the road, it takes the energy out of the other team. Mm-hmm. And also, I, I think Clemson is going to have to survive South Carolina emotional high. And they got to be willing. And like I always say this, is that some games, forget football, it's a fight. It's, it's, we're going to tape our fists up. It's a, it's a, this is a cage match. match. This is a loser lead town match. This is a um, hair versus hair match. This is doll collar, whatever, especially uh, match you want to give it. That's what it is. This is if the team that comes in willing and ready to fight to the very end, it's going to be the team that wins this game. Plain and simple. I agree. I agree. And 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 what I like about Clemson, what we've seen last week, they, I like the fight they had last week, um, especially on the offensive line. I think maybe they found – that uh, they got an offensive line that they feel really comfortable with now after battling all these injuries all year long. 
I think they finally got five guys that they can settle on that. Okay. These are our best five offensive linemen and we can go to war with these guys. And I think you saw that against Wake Forest. They did a great job controlling the line of scrimmage. I thought for the most part against them um, going for over 300 yards, rushing um, dominated the line of scrimmage. Um, and that took a lot of pressure off DJ. And I think that's why he had his best game last week because it wasn't all on his shoulders. And if you look back to last season, when he was having those games against Notre Dame and them, think about the he didn't, you mentioned this. I think he didn't have any pressure on him because he knew that was Trevor's team, and mm-hmm. he knew when Trevor came back, I got to give it back to Trevor. And he also had Travis Etienne behind him, and he knew tre- number nine is going to make a play sometime for him, and that's going to help him out. And he's right in all those he's right in all those instances. This year, though, he hadn't had that luxury. And it's all been on DJ. All this pressure's been on DJ to be the guy. Every single one of his wide receivers get banged up. You know, they the offensive line is completely just decimated with injuries. And they're the new guy. They got a different starting lineup every week out there. Finally, he held, goes into a game where all his offensive linemen stay healthy and they play the whole game. And look what they did. And the running game yeah. helped them out. The two run, young running backs were just killing it. And that took some pressure off of him. Now he was able just to go back there and throw the football and make some plays. And look how well he did it. Yeah, I, I think DJ um, has to stop taking all the pressure. You know, we talked about him saying that, hey, it's all on me, it's all on me. And I'm like, well, no, it's not. There's some other guys out there too. Yeah. You can't take all the responsibility. And in the game, you, as even as a quarterback, controlling the ball as much as you do, you have to be you have to say, like, I'm gonna let these guys make plays for me. My job is to get them get the ball to them and being as accurate as I possibly can, making sure I take care of the ball and not careless with the ball. I think once he gets that into his mindset, the guy has an arm, the guy can throw the ball is now, I think, what he needs to improve on is his decision-making and also um, anticipating throws and putting touch on the throws. He's not – he's raw talented. He's a big guy. He's a guy that you draw up in the – if you had a magazine and you wanted the ideal quarterback, now he just has to get those intangible things. And once he gets those things and get a little bit more – craft and what he you know get a little bit more skill in his craft he's going to be fine yeah I think you're right I think you're right now let's kind of flip it over to the other side South Carolina um look they're not very good on offense I mean they're actually I know this is crazy and people out there are going to hear me say this they're going to be thinking I'm lying to them but they're actually worse than Clemson <laughs> offensively they're averaging uh, 23.3 points per game which is 13th in the SEC. They're averaging 129.6 yards per game on the ground, which is 11th in the SEC. Uh, They're throwing for 200.9 yards, which is 13th in the SEC. They're totaling only 330.5 yards, which is 13th in the conference, and 32.7 yards behind Clemson. Okay? Clemson's averaging 362.7. So, you know, and then only they're only averaging, LeBron, 3.6 yards per rush, only 5.2 yards per play. Um, they've been sacked 28 times. They've given up 28 sacks, and they've given up 75 tackles for loss, which is 13th in the SEC. Um, LeVon, I know the game's not on paper, but, man, right now they are now – they found some little something here with uh, Zaquandre White 
um, the running back that's number four um, on, on the radio dial, if you or the TV dial, if you see him, he's uh, got 561 yards. He's really kind of come to life for the running game. Uh, Kevin Harris, their other big running back, he's got 464 yards. He's been battling injuries all year long, hasn't had the consistency. But those two guys have kind of got going a little bit here lately. Uh, so the running game has improved a little bit, but they're still not very good up front, LeVon. I think this is the area where Clemson can really cause a mismatch, mismatch, if you will, and put the game into Jason Brown's hands. That's the uh, the young man, the, the transfer that's come on. And the last couple of weeks, he's thrown for 654 yards and eight touchdowns. Um, he's got four interceptions. He's completing about 58.4% of his passes. Got a big arm, but he's not the most accurate guy in the world, LeVon. Is it, I think the mismatch for Clemson is up front. Don't you agree that they can, they can do something here with this? Uh, well, you think about Brent Venable's defense and his scheme has always been very proactive. And what that what I mean is he's not going to sit back and just read and just let you take gaps and let you take um, easy runs. He's going to stuff your running game. He's going to make that – he's going to make the quarterback – you don't have to rely on him. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the percentages of completing the pass is much more difficult than – running the ball efficiently and running the ball well. So he's going to take that part of your offense away from you. So that includes gadget plays, blah, 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 all that. He's going to make sure that you're going to struggle running the ball and that you really can't get any rhythm running the ball. I think that's going to be a lot of weakness. They, if they cannot be able, they cannot establish a run and it's all kind of havoc in the backfield, now that's going to put them in situations where it's second and 15 or it's third and 15 or it's third and 20. And you will take they'll you will take those odds every every chance you possibly get. So you better believe your bottom dollar that the Clemson Tiger defensive football team is not going to sit back and just play base vanilla um, defense all day long. They're going to come after that running game. And they're going to come after that running game hard. I think the strategy is you come after the running game and you be a little bit more conservative um, when they get in situations like second and long, third and long. Make the quarterback really have to make a decision and squeeze the ball into tight windows. Yeah, I think it's going to come down to Brown having to do that. And I'm with you. And it's not like Clemson – first of all, Clemson's defensive front, their defensive ends – their defensive tackles, they're going to get after them. They're going to do their job. And then the secondary, it's not like Clemson secondary. Everybody's like, well, South Carolina's got 14 interceptions, and I think they might be better. Look, Clemson's only given up 213 yards a game. And, and, and if you don't think Clemson's secondary can't play good, ask Wake Forest. They'll tell you. You know, they had their yeah, issues. And Wake, and, and, uh, I mean, Wake Forest, I mean, I don't care what you say about Wake Forest. They got some wide receivers. Man. They got they some got wide receivers. Passing, Exactly. And Cle- and South Carolina ACC, is not them. SEC, I don't care who it is. Those those receivers that they just got finished playing with. That's the best they're gonna see probably till the postseason. Um frisbee catching dogs, my man. Yeah. I, I think that Clemson has a – they have an advantage on the line of scrimmages. If they can take control of that, uh, I, I see them winning by at least 10 to 
Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I think Clemson can – I think the secondary is a key part here because Clemson pass defense, you look at passes defended. Clemson is actually ahead of South, South Carolina's 4.73, second ranked in the SEC, passes defended. Clemson's 4.91, which is ranked third in the ACC, but it's actually second best in the SEC. You know, Clemson is – so Clemson actually is right there where South Carolina is in the secondary. And so I like this matchup. When you look at South Carolina's wide receivers against Clemson's DBs, I like Clemson in this matchup. I really do. I, I, and, I, and I think for South Carolina, that's not a good combo, like you just said, because I don't think South Carolina's going to be able to run the ball. And unlike right. Wake Forest, they can't throw it around the yard all day long. They only average 200 yards a game passing. That's not their forte. They don't They don't yeah, pass but, No, but, I mean, in the fairness, I mean, watching the game last week against Auburn, man, they, they made some plays. I mean, you you got to give it to them. They no, they did. Plays. They play hard. <laughs> They play hard. Yeah, now I think it's simple. I just simply think what it is is like, hey, dude, the guy in front of you, man. I know it's just as simple, you know, but you got to cover your guy, man. You can't let them make big plays. I mean, regardless of whether they get against Auburn, what you may think of them, you got to shut them down, and you got to shut them down early and ready for this stage. And um, we'll see. The only thing that concerns me is uh, uh, Clemson offense. Can they pass the ball uh, without making big mistakes? You know, can they be consistent on their drives? I think when they're when they if they can, when they can drive from the twenty to the twenty with the running backs they got, they can punch it in. Yeah, I, I think Clemson is a, a kind of a team that they get they get around that goal line with the two running backs they got. Oh, it's going in. Right. Is going in. I, I think that you just have to be consistent from twenty to twenty. Yeah. And if DJ and if DJ can do that, you know, I'm telling you, man, DJ is not. I mean, the dude can throw the ball. He's just not very accurate yet. And once he gets that down, the guy is going to be a pretty good player. Yeah, I, I agree too. And I think it just comes down to just more him feeling confident, like you said, not putting it all on his shoulders. I think you saw him relax last week, and I think maybe. That's going to be the difference. So, LeVon, you know, before we get out of here, so I'm going to ask you, we're going to do a couple of things that we always do. Clemson will win this game if. Uh, yeah. Uh, on the offensive side, if Clemson can control the offensive line, which I know sounds very cliche-ish, but if they can run the ball as effectively as they ran the ball against Wake Forest, they will win this game handily. Yeah. I think Clemson will win this game also if Clemson's offensive line – can just control the line of scrimmage, um, and they take care of the football. I know that's cliche, but, again, I go back to last week. The reason Clemson won the game and won it the way they did is they took care of the football for the most part. They did turn it over three times, but Wake Forest didn't have any points. Clemson had 14 points in the three turnovers they forced. Uh, South Carolina, like Wake Forest, they like to force turnovers. They got 22 on the season. Um, which leads the SEC. So they 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 live off turnover, so you can't give them any life. I think that's the key for Clemson in this one. So Levon, Clemson will lose this game if happens. Clemson will lose this game if they turn the ball over more than more than three times. You just can't simply give a team that's going to be hyped up, that's going to be ready to play, and you can't give them a short field. 
You, you can never t- turnovers are one of the big reasons why a lot of teams lose games. Like Bear Bryant always say, you know, teams lose games. They don't a lot, a lot more times than they really win games. So what's what does that mean? Penalties, uh, turn the ball over. Those kind of things will kill you in a football game. Mm-hmm. If you can eliminate the turnovers and really get the penalties down to a very bare minimum, you have an opportunity to win the game. And if you look at the talent level, I think the Clemson talent level is a little bit better than South Carolina talent level. So if you don't allow the mistakes to happen and you can take care of the ball, you should be able to win this game. But if Clemson turns that ball over or they get silly penalties uh, at really bad opportunities or bad times, then they're going to lose the game. Right. And that, that brings me to mind if Clemson's going to lose the game if Clemson allows momentum-changing plays to occur, which can be a turnover. could be South Carolina has blocked punts this year. They've blocked field goals. I mean, they've been a very opportunistic team where they scored, I think, five non-offensive touchdowns this year, um, three on defense, two on special teams. So they're a very opportunistic team that goes to the play hard. They play to every the end of every whistle, which you give them credit for. And I think for Clemson, they have to avoid those kind of plays because playing on the road, I remember what Dabo Sweeney said talking about at Pittsburgh. He's like, if we just take advantage of our opportunities, we shut that crowd up, we knocked them out of their game plan, and now we got control of the game and we should have won. And Dabo was right. That's what happened. And that's the right. same thing here. Clemson's I mean, got to take advantage of the opportunities and not allow South Carolina to have those game-changing plays. Exactly. You just got to – you You really, in this situation where you're playing your rivals on the road, you have got to bring the energy. And that energy has got to be within. So you know that a crowd's going to boo you. You know that the momentum – from the start is really not in your favor. So how do you defend that? You simply go and you take it Mm -hmm. from the home team. You take the crowd out the game and now it comes down to football. It's not on emotions. It's not on hype. These guys are going to be sky high fired up and they're going to, they're going to play hard. But if you can, if you can really, um, if you just shut down their emotions very quickly and take care of the football and take care of your responsibilities and your opportunities, then their home field advantage is not going to mean anything. This is probably one of the, the times that I would say that Clemson and South Carolina are kind of even a little bit. I think Clemson has a little bit more of an advantage, but with the emotions, with the momentum, South Carolina can play above their heads. Mm-hmm. And you never want to, and you never want a team that's supposed to be an underdog to start believing in themselves. And South Carolina's played above their heads the last few times at home against Florida, against Auburn. We saw what happened. Those teams didn't do what we're talking about. What Clemson needs to do, and uh, South Carolina took advantage of it. And you give them credit for that. They will do that again if Clemson doesn't do what they have to do. So, Levon, final stuff here. Final score prediction. Who do you got and why? Well, I, I can never pick South Carolina to beat Clemson. So I think <laughs> it's I, – I, I really believe that it's going to be a 28-14 to 14 game. I think it's going to be – you know, I think it's going to be close um, in the first half. But I, I think that Clemson, if they could be steady as far as running the ball is concerned, they can put some points on. They can, um, they can really 
run that defense to death. And I feel like they will, I think Clemson will probably surprise a lot of people tomorrow. Clemson and South Carolina have one common opponent um, they've played this year, and that is Georgia. And South Carolina, the only, and that is honestly the only team that South Carolina has played this year that is an elite-level team with elite talent. And South Carolina got run out of the building by, by Georgia. It wasn't even close. They did put up a couple of late touchdowns, which is credit to Frank, um, excuse me, Shane Beamer and the way he gets his guys to play hard for him. And they made it look closer than it was, but it game was that game was ugly from the beginning. Clemson does have elite talent, and it's starting to come together. And uh, yes, Clemson isn't Georgia this year, but let's don't forget when Clemson was at its healthiest, they took Georgia to the wire, and 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 Georgia ended up having needing a pick six to win. Clemson's the more talented team by far than in this game. And if they just go and play their game, they're going to win. I do put emotions into it like you do, LeVon. But I think Clemson makes a few more plays. I think their elite talent will show, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I just don't believe a third-string quarterback can beat Clemson and beat this defense. This isn't Kenny Pickett. This isn't uh, the young man at NC State, you know, fifth-year seniors that have played and have got all this experience. This guy's a third-string quarterback for a reason, you know. So I think Clemson's defense shines in this game. Offense, they're going to be their offense the way they've been all year, ups and downs. But I think Clemson gets it done enough. I think Clemson wins 24 to 16. Okay. Yeah, well, I can see where you're coming from. I, I can see that, that score easily being the case. Uh, like I said, it's it really going to come down to, like, I, I'm telling you, the, what the freshmen and the sophomores are going to understand and learn is that South Carolina is a hated rival. Mm-hmm. And you're not ever trying to lose to them. I don't care where you come from. You want to stick it to South Carolina because if they stick it to you, trust me, you will hear it every day until the next time we play. We've so, lived it. <laughs> so Clemson understands that. And Clemson knows, you know, everybody who's been around that rivalry understands that you have to beat South Carolina. So whatever fight they want to get into, you got to match that fight. Amen. Simple, simply put. I can't say it any better, man. And you're a guy who knows because you played in this rivalry for four years. Yeah. So you know it very well, what kind of intensity you got to bring, man. Hey, man, I love talking Clemson, South Carolina with you. We could go another two hours or three or four, but we're not going to do that because I don't want Kennedy to be mad at me for taking her daddy away for that long. Yeah, man. We don't want that happening. So (laughs) you got to let me get back to that. I am going to let you do that, my friend. Hey, man, appreciate it. We appreciate everybody listening out there. Hope you enjoy the game today. Um, have fun and enjoy it. Me and LeVon will definitely do that. We'll be watching it. So, uh, for LeVon Kirkland, I'm Will Vandervoort. We'll see you on Tuesday. I'll talk to you on Tuesday on Believing Clemson Football with LeVon Kirkland. Enjoy the Clemson South Carolina. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.